0: After the age of 25, we break down more collagen than we make, so that's why we start to see fine lines and wrinkles.
1: 25, and we're back.
0: And we're back. (laughs) This is number six, right?
1: This is number six. This is our podcast, I Should Know This, where Joey and Ellie quiz each other on different topics that they should know about, and the other one tries to explain it. And then that, we fact check it at the end. That was Ellie. Yeah. And I'm Joey. I don't think anybody's confusing our voices.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know if they thought there was a third party because you said Joey and Ellie like they were some third party. So
1: I wanted to say that because it's part of the title, but I did hesitate.
0: Alrighty. So who goes first this time?
1: So you asked me first last time, which means I ask you first this time.
0: So you're asking me the question. Mm-hmm. Great.
1: How do you feel? I'm ready. Yeah. Do we have anything else we have to talk about before we ask questions?
0: Yeah. Please fill out the Google form mm-hmm. and give us any suggestions and feedback. We appreciate it. We love it. We add things to the docket as they come in. Mm-hmm. And happy holidays. It's December. So we just did some decorating.
1: Yeah. Yep. Our apartment is all decorated now. I mean, um, we don't do a tree. True.
0: Small apartment. Life.
1: Also animals. Life. hmm Okay. Are you ready? Go for it. I wanted to ask you, what is collagen? What is it for? And why is it like big on the supplement scene right now? And is it even worth consuming it?
0: If you took out a syllable and you just said college, I would tell you it's the university thing that comes after high school. If you said, what, what is college? Is but, that what it sounded like? Well, I was like, oh, this is an easy one. College in. <laughs> College <laughs> in. So it's part of your your structurants for your skin and whatnot. It's a big keyword because it's something that you can manipulate some. So you can give uh, restructuring to it. So imagine... Imagine having, I'm trying to think of.
1: You always explain things in metaphors. Well, I try to make it simple. so... <laughs> but I feel like sometimes it complicates it by doing that.
0: Okay. So we'll just try and make this pretty simple. So, you know, jello, right? Yeah. So, collagen is basically the stuff that makes jello, jello. Like not, gelatin? No, it's not gelatin. Okay, it's but collagen. that's what makes jello, jello. So, replace gelatin with collagen. And then you basically have the structurant. So, collagen is like a structurant for your skin, for your body. Mm-hmm. So, it's this like network that holds everything together. And what happens is when you start to get wrinkles and things starts to sag, it's because the collagen is breaking <coughs> down. So imagine that the jello is becoming torn up and then it's breaking down and whatnot. And then it like deflates and it just becomes like this this liquidy blob. That's basically what happens with your with your collagen. But the thing is you eat jello so quickly, you make jello, then you eat it so quickly that it never breaks down. I haven't left my jello out for more than
1: You mean like if you were to take jello when it was like in a cup form and then stir it a ton and you're you're making it into that like pudding form. That's what you mean?
0: No, because I mean you're not taking a person and putting them in a blender unless you're watching Breaking Bad. I uh, don't like that. Okay, put I'm sorry. We'll we'll go back to more appropriate. Anyways, so <laughs> the problem with skin and collagen is that you have all these things. It's what you eat, it's what you drink, you know, do you eat healthy? Do you exercise? Does that keep you firm? And then also it's just the natural, you know, you have sun rays that deteriorate your skin. You have all the pollution that deteriorates your skin. So you have all these stresses on your body. So it's a combination of all those factors that age that you. And then it causes, and then just the fact that you're aging, you know, you're not the, the virgin body that you were. You're an adult now. All that stuff.
1: The virgin body. Well, I mean, like, No, I was going to say, does our body produce collagen or do we get it purely from the things that we consume, like we eat? No. Or put on our skin, like, topically?
0: Yeah, so it's something that's naturally inside of us, but you can manipulate it and you can do things to enhance collagen synthesis. You probably hear that a lot.
1: So what's something you can do to enhance collagen synthesis?
0: Use cosmetics. Wait, really? Um, in some cases,
1: like moisturizer, um,
0: moisturizer are going to give you moisture, not necessarily collagen. Okay,
1: well, you're not telling me it's, what you it's mean. It's the
0: active ingredients. We can go into like a, a plethora of different topics on this. And then also there's there's some things that you can eat, you know, like if you go to GNC, they have supplements or I'm trying to think if there's any type of the, I, mean, I don't do anything for collagen, so...
1: I know. The biggest question I had about collagen is I'm like... I'm okay with my
0: skin sagging.
1: <laughs> when I looked it up, because I started seeing it everywhere as a supplement, I wanted to understand like what the intention was by consuming that. And they were saying like, oh, you're going to have stronger nails and hair, and your joints will feel better. And it's like this laundry list of benefits... But then when I tried to find like actual science on consuming that like, as a supplement, something said like that the collagen that you consume gets broken down in your stomach before it can go anywhere else.
0: Well, it's kind of like, we're going to go off tangent to a s- fair split second. Like Gatorade, they thought that all the amino acids and the electrolytes, they thought they would naturally just go right into your system because it was in the bottle. But what ended up happening was all those nutrients that get into your stomach and they still have to go into your intestines and whatnot and then get absorbed and broken down and then become something usable. So it's that same effect. It's just a marketing ploy, essentially for a lot of that collagen. So you don't think it's
1: worth consuming it?
0: No, I think though for for topically though, you can help your your body, you know, the firmness and structuring your, your skin. But I mean, again, it's not gonna do worlds of difference. It's gonna do something but eating it isn't going to be as impactful I don't think as applying something topically
1: okay Okay, and so collagen is something we have and then I guess we stop producing it as well as we age and that's why we don't have the skin that we used to have or is it just like you have a certain amount when you're born and then that's just slowly aging and then that's why
0: no you're producing it you're just not producing it as fast okay. and you're not producing it as well it's mm-hmm. kind of like when you're HGH, human growth hormone, like you have it a lot when you're a kid because you're growing, but then it, it dies off. It's not dying off, but it's definitely producing less. Just how a lot of your hormones like men, testosterone they as they get older, it starts to diminish to that effect.
1: Okay. Interesting. Good Is question. Is there anything else you want to say about collagen?
0: Yeah. Go to college and Stop. don't forget. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I can't think of... I'm trying to think of exactly how it works, but I'll just wait for the fact check on that, and we can go into those details.
1: Can you tell us what it is? Like, is it... It's not fat. What Do you know what it is? in ter- Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it a macronutrient?
0: No, it's not a nutrient. It's structuring. It's a, it's a network. Um, what would it be? I don't know. We're going to have to find that out in the fact check. Okay. Jeez.
1: I'm sorry. No, I thought... I thought you might have said it and I didn't remember, but I've never heard the word structurant before. I'm assuming that a structurant, it's something that holds things together. And I would just assume that it has to be one of like fat, like whatever. One of those things that we, (laughs) that make up life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out.
1: Okay. Sorry.
0: And now we're on to Ellie. Yikes. You asked me a hard one, so you're going to get a really. Was that a hard
1: one? No,
0: I just don't know all the answers. I'm not perfect. Um, (laughs) So we're going to go way back to like maybe elementary school. So this is something maybe a kindergarten Ellie should know. Mm. But she definitely probably would have recapped this numerous times. But I don't pay attention to these details. I was wondering about primary colors and what made them how they are or where they came from or why they became the primary colors, you know. First off, you should know what they are. Mhm. Green.
1: Stop. You're not going to say them. Orange. Okay. So there are this is not an electrical engineering question, maybe a little bit. But we talked about you're supposed to know. Yeah. Yeah. Art yeah. And yeah, yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> So, before I start trying to explain what they are, I do want to say that there's a difference between primary colors used in pigments and primary colors used in light.
0: Whoa, I did not know that. See, look really? at this dropping knowledge.
1: Um, okay, so there's a difference between primary colors of light versus primary colors of pigment. The primary colors of pigment are red, yellow, and blue, and the primary colors of light are red green, and blue, RBG. A lot of the, like, the reason they're called primary, a lot of, like, what you do in science is because it's, like, the most basic form. And so the primary colors, both of light and pigment, can produce all of the other colors that exist. So So is that why they're primary, then? That's why they're called primary. And then secondary colors, which is, like, I know specifically for pigment, is the first colors that get mixed when you're using the primary so like orange green and purple and that's for pigments
0: so did a group of artists get together and say we're gonna make (laughs) red a primary color because we feel like that is the most basic or do we have any idea where that could have stemmed from
1: so if i had to guess because i don't know the answer what i would think is that i know that pigments were oftentimes made by crushing like shells or using soil and anything that they could find in the natural world. So I would assume that like when they were doing that they started to figure out which mixes of colors could make you know those secondary and then what materials they had available to them. So lead was actually used in red paint oftentimes and that like, went on for so long. So that's how they figured out... Well, I don't know. That's how I'm th- I'm guessing that they figured out the primary colors of pigment. Um, the reason it's different for light is because they found out that with red, green, and blue, like, if you overlaid all of those on top of each other, you would get, like, a full color picture.
0: But, I mean, yellow is very different from green. And mm-hmm. doesn't blue and yellow make green? So, therefore... It should still stay the same or is it because of like skin tones and whatnot?
1: No, it's because like light behaves differently when it's being like photographed, I guess. Or well, I was about like, to
0: say, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole of, you know, photography and whatnot and the colors.
1: I know and, that it has but... to do with like the wavelengths. Okay. Um. So the different wavelengths are obviously like getting... um. Absorbed into like our cones and everything in our eyes.
0: I was gonna say cones are in the eyes.
1: That's what I was gonna say. And that's what's showing us color. But I guess when you're viewing something that's like lit up, it's different when it's like light waves versus like us. I
0: don't know. Sound waves.
1: No, but like I guess everything is light waves. But I know that there's a reason that they're different. I just can't remember the exact, the right way of saying it. But what I wanted to say that was really interesting. Is that when printers first were coming out, um, they were using the primary colors and they weren't getting all of the, the like range. range that they were looking for. And that's why it changed to CMYK, which is cyan, yellow, and magenta. And now people are actually claiming that those are the primary colors because you can create more from those pigments than you can from red, yellow, and blue
0: c m y k you forgot what k
1: k i think it's just the black color okay (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and now we go on to the fact check
1: um is that did, did i answer what you were wondering
0: yeah i think so for the most part
1: i'm interested to see why the rgb versus cmyk and red yellow blue
0: cue the music So, looking at collagen, <laughs> we, we found out some of the, the technical definitions. We got some fun facts with that. Uh, let's start off with what collagen is. Okay. It is the main structural protein in the extracellular space. Protein. In the various connective tissues in animal bodies. As the main component of connective tissue, it is the most abundant protein in mammals, making up about 30% of the whole body protein content. Wow. It consists of amino acids wound together to form triple helices, to form um, elongated fibrils. It is most foundly, the mostly found in fibrous tissues such as tendons, ligaments, and skin. Got it. Some can be stronger than steel. By what measure? By comparing the strength of steel, it's stronger. That measure.
1: Like under pressure, being stretched. Yeah, for being stretched. Being stretched. (laughs) Okay. Uh, that makes sense to me.
0: The name collagen comes from the Greek kala meaning glue and suffix gen denoting producing, so producing glue. This refers to the compound's early use in the process of boiling skin and tendons of horses and other animals to obtain glue.
1: We knew that.
0: That's crazy. I'm
1: glad that they added horses <laughs> onto well, it. No,
0: you need to know that. <laughs> Your body naturally produces collagen every day, but over time that production slows down. There's an enzyme in your skin called collagenase, which breaks down collagen. After the age of 25, we break down more collagen than we make, so that's why we start to see fine lines and wrinkles.
1: 25?
0: After the age of 25. Oh. So, I mean, you're just starting to see early onset wrinklage.
1: So, I shouldn't start using anti-aging stuff.
0: So you can add more collagen to your diet by regularly consuming foods like bone broth and organ meats. If that doesn't sound like a cup of tea, you can do <laughs> collagen supplements, which are ultra convenient, but they're not totally founded. How they could work, well, so how collagen is made is through fibroblasts. We'll go into that in another day, but you can look at fibroblasts. So they are responsible for producing collagen. So you can use that. In, in cosmetics, they use it by activating collagen, activating fibroblasts to produce the collagen, and then by eating. Um, there's another way. By eating, there's another way. Um, the fibroblasts they need access to amino acids, mostly glycine, proline. Wait, you lost me. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you can activate fibro- fiber fibroblasts fibro Fibro-blast. fibroblasts by putting something on your skin, and then. You're doing something different when you consume it?
0: So, I mean, you're not going to take these amino acids and put them on your skin. You're not going to take the glycine, the progene, proline, and hydroxyproline and put them on your skin, but you're going to put something on your skin that activates the fibroblasts to start doing more of, of collagen-producing okay. activities. Whereas when you eat, it's easier to have supplements that consist of the hydrolyzed collagen which is basically those collagen peptides. So it's those founding fathers, those very small molecules. So if you eat collagen, you're basically eating a huge molecule. Your body has to break it down. It's not going to do that efficiently. Mm -hmm. But if you eat something like glycine, proline, and hydroxyproline, they're much smaller. They're amino acids, which are building blocks. If you eat those, then your body has an abundance of those to make more collagen.
1: And will it with that abundance or it won't?
0: So... It definitely has the building blocks to do it. There is some debate about how functional that is.
1: But no matter what, if you're consuming collagen as its like, big structure, your body's going to break it down as soon as it consumes it.
0: So, I mean, research has proven that after ingesting collagen in the hydrolyzed form, so in those amino acids, it increases in the blood. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're increasing the collagen levels by that amount. So if you have a little collagen, it doesn't necessarily mean that, or if you have, uh, if you have one amino acid, it doesn't mean that it equates to one piece of collagen. Not that that's an appropriate number, but am I making sense?
1: Yeah. I think it just further is like eating it. Isn't going to do you that much good.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would stay away from, it's a UV light It helps to destroy collagen. Mm -hmm. Smoking destroys collagen. You know, all the things that you shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. probably are not going to help your collagen.
1: But as a totally unbiased cosmetics chemist, you would recommend putting it on your skin.
0: Well, I mean, I think some of those things, they do help because they just help strengthen this extracellular matrix. They help strengthen the...
1: But that's not going to do anything. So that's purely for the the skin. It's not like putting something on your skin is going to help you have more collagen in your tendons or in your joints.
0: Absolutely not. You're only going to get that benefit by eating those, you know, amino acids.
1: So then it's good to eat them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always good to eat the right things. I mean, you should have the 20 amino acids on a daily basis because if you're missing some, you're missing a part of the toolkit for for repairing your body or keeping your body healthy
1: Mm -hmm. do you think you have all 20 every day always i'm asking
0: yeah i mean i'm sure i'm later on some than others but i mean today i had a pretty pretty good day of eating so (laughs) i think i covered all the bases
1: yeah i think you did too
0: all right okay talk to me about
1: i'll start with the history of um the primary colors So the first time it was documented um, as red, yellow, and blue was by Franciscus Angulonius in 1567. Or sorry, his lifespan was 1567 to 1617. And then after him, Isaac Newton recognized that colors could be created by mixing color primaries. The difference is, that he didn't understand there was a difference between um, additive and subtractive colors. So, are you paying attention? I am. (laughs) Okay, so um, when it's a light emitting source, you should use subtractive color primaries because light is white and that has all of the color wavelengths within it and you need to subtract in order for the eye to then see the color that you want. Yeah, so um, the subtractive um, color primaries are red, green, and blue. And the combinations of those will create you know, all of this, the gamut of colors within your eye. And when a color, or sorry, when it's not a light emitting and it's like something printed on a piece of paper, Um, you want to use additive colors because when you add a color to something, it'll reflect that wavelength of light.
0: Oh, I see how it's going. Okay.
1: So um, that's why there's two different ones. And so red, yellow, blue is like the traditional one, but they found that cyan, yellow, magenta is actually closer to the wavelengths, the primary wavelengths that your eye will like, see in order to create the largest range of color. jeez. So red, yellow, blue is like dated, but people often still use it in like painting classes and things like that. And I think it just has to do with the fact that now there's so many more of those colors everywhere.
0: So is CMY the new standard across the board then? Or? For like
1: graphic artists and people um, using computers to then like, print out their work yeah 100% and I would say there's probably artists that are buying those paints and then combining them now but I would assume I would think that it's harder to find those paints than it would be to find red yellow blue somewhere sure yeah. um well, so it's a little bit of a cost difference and then yeah what were you gonna say
0: no I was just gonna say that I know that Pantone has become an industry standard for a lot of colors out there so I guess they, they play a role into that too, right, somehow?
1: Well, Pantone is just documenting new colors. Okay. But I don't know enough about Pantone to understand whether it's more of like the printing world or if it's more of the paint world. Did that answer your question? I did look up some interesting stuff about eyes, but I don't know if that's too in the weeds. Yeah, it's too in the weeds. What I thought was nice, though, was that light obviously... And colors are part of the electromagnetic spectrum, which I, it's everywhere.
0: It's everywhere. Just like Wi-Fi. It's mostly (laughs) everywhere.
1: Except for at the cafe near us where they want you to pretend it's whatever, 1991. 95. Joke's on them. We still had Wi-Fi then.
0: That's true. (laughs) So who invented Wi-Fi? Let's go full circle. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Listen to episode one.
1: Well, okay. I do want to say one thing about eyes, though. So, the human eye normally contains only three types of color photoreceptors. Those are the cone cells. And that is known as long wavelength, medium wavelength, and short wavelength. And it turns out that there's no color that's like specific to any of those alone. Um, And that most of the colors we see are between the L and M. So, the long, sorry, is that right? The long and medium. Yeah, because the short wavelength is negligible. Like the the colors we see are basically all long or medium wavelength. So I thought that was interesting. For sure. Because the S wavelength, which is the short, is everything um, below 560 nanometers.
0: Yeah, so that's when you're getting into the UV.
1: But we have, it's interesting because we have that photoreceptor, but it's like, what is it used for?
0: It just doesn't translate.
1: But it's interesting. It's like when you can look in the distance and you see, like, heat wavelengths coming up from pavement and stuff. Sure. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Isn't that just steam?
1: Well, no. You're seeing infrared. Yeah, okay. I think. Well, I guess I'll have to fact check that, too. Anyways. And I that think sums I up. covered it.
0: <laughs> if uh, you have any questions, leave them in the comments. In the google form Mm -hmm. and feel free to see the show notes with all the details otherwise this was
1: i should know this with joey and ellie